Welcome to Someplace for Everybody, where we talk about belonging and being a human in our bodies, in living in and learning to love our bodies. I'm your host, Carly Someplace. This podcast is brought to you by Someplace Images, Boudoir for Everybody. You can see the full show notes at someplaceforeverybody.com. Now, let's change some self-perspectives. Hi, y'all. It's Carly Someplace. I'm so incredibly excited to introduce you guys to my very dear friend, Miss Kayla Ricker, who is going to introduce herself as a dog mom. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. As you can tell, I, I have chihuahuas. What, you know, what do you expect? I've got three chihuahuas. They And they're ready to protect you. I said hi, and they were like, Mom, who's in the house? <laughs> Seriously. And oh, it's fine. I love them dearly. They're 11 and 13 respectively. Mm-hmm. I've got two 13-year-old uh-huh. dogs. Two, the, two 13-year-olds. You and you, you love your senior dogs. I do. My babies. Your babies. <laughs> okay. So Kayla, I would love to have you talk about your accolades besides dog mama. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself for all of my listeners. Okay. So uh, yeah, my name is Kayla Ricker. I live in East Tennessee. I am from East Tennessee. I did a little moving around, you know, in my college days, but settled here after I met a boy. A I was going to be here. I was going to be here for a few months, 11 years ago. And here I am now settled down and married. And married. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got my college degree in performing arts. So uh, have done a lot of theater work, not really a lot of film or anything like that, but I've done shows in Maine, Indiana, North Dakota, um, and then a lot in in East Tennessee, because uh, those of you who don't know, East Tennessee and the town that I live in is the home of Dolly Parton. Yes. Uh, And (laughs) she has a theme park here, which (laughs) all hail the queen. She's got a theme park here. And so I worked there um, on and off for eight seasons. This uh, 2021 was my last season I didn't I just did I was actually wondering the other day how long it had been that you've been at Dollywood because I was was like it's been a minute yeah (laughs) I was there part of the season 13 part of the season 14 I didn't go back at all in 15 part of the season 16 and then from there then on out I was there for like the whole season yeah right right cool I mean I think it's such a and I think I think this is a cool fun fact and I feel like everybody will be like oh my god yes uh that you have sang backup for Dolly Parton which I have amazing (laughs) it was so funny you know because there was it was my whole cast but um they had the dance captain (laughs) put like kind of arrange us um in an aesthetically pleasing way in the background and she put the tall people in the middle so it went tallest to shortest and I'm 5'10". And so I stood right behind Dolly Parton. (laughs) (laughs) Who is tiny. Yeah, she's a tiny woman and she had on probably like six inch heels, like legit six inch heels. I honestly, I feel like that's a skill I wish I had is like the ability to walk in heels. I mean, I can, but not every day. (laughs) No, definitely not. I can do like today I put on cute boots and I walked around in those for like an hour and then I was like oh we're old we can't do this anymore (laughs) I mean even in college I wore heels all the time in college but I fell a lot (laughs) (laughs) there's no footage of Dolly Parton falling no I know and that she is like she's just I mean there's there's so many things about her (laughs) (laughs) the ability to wear six inch heels I don't want to be like at her age especially but like (laughs) 
Seriously, yeah. Yeah. Truly. With seemingly no problems. Yeah. Yes. With seemingly no problems. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's just, that's, I, I, and I feel like, I feel like though a lot of the people who I know who wear heels on a very regular basis are shorter women. Cause they're like, look at me and my daggers. Yeah. And then I look <laughs> my feet daggers. And then I look at the same height as everybody else. Truly. <laughs> they're feisty. <laughs> they're feisty. I love it. I love it. I I would love to chat about the performance world. And I, I will give our listeners just a little bit of a, a, you know, background on you and I. So you and I met in college. Mm-hmm. You actually, I, met, I did not meet you through the performing arts department, which is funny because pretty much all of my other friends in performing arts, I met through the performing arts department. You are like the only one that I did not because you lived with one of the guys on my rowing team. Yeah. I forget that sometimes. <laughs> Yes. I forget that that's, that it was the rowing team that it was, that y'all right. just were buddies, but you were like on a <laughs> rowing team together. I know. I know. I was, I was on a rowing team and, and you were roommates with Mark and I was like, this girl's cool. And then when my ex was in the performing arts department and then I met you through there and you're like, oh yeah, I know Carly. And everybody's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, yeah, she hangs out with Mark. <laughs> So I, it, it just makes me laugh because I, when I really look at those like formative college friendships, it was like, yours was so different for that reason that I didn't really meet you through that department. Um, which is just, I mean, it's funny because by the time I graduated, a lot of people were like, oh, I haven't seen you around the performing arts department lately. And I was like, oh yeah, my ex and I broke up and I'm not a performing arts major. And everybody was like, wait, what? And I was like, no, I I don't actually, I'm not in this department. (laughs) Like I'm just here to watch you and maybe photograph some pretty people. Exactly. I did all the (laughs) photographs. Uh, And you did. You modeled for me in college, Mm -hmm. which was super fun. (laughs) Super fun. For my color film class, I took Mm -hmm. pictures of you in a shower. Mm -hmm. And the bird. Was that your, what was that? Your, your final project, the birds? Uh, Birds was my, so that would have been my junior year. So yeah, you actually modeled for me multiple times. Yeah. So the, the first one would have been that my sophomore year for my color film class. Um, And then the second one would have been, yeah, my birds project. So I took 25 women and turned them into birds, which was a really big commentary on how in the the nature world, essentially, um, females are generally the like, blend in and not flashy, et cetera. And specifically, in the bird world, the men are the flashy ones and they have to be, they have to put on this big show and have all these amazing, insane feathers and do all of this other stuff to attract a female's attention. Whereas obviously in our world that we live in, it's quite the opposite. Um, and it's women. I mean, if you want to talk about six inch heels and (laughs) all of those things that are flashy and doing those things, I don't want to say in generally the effort of attracting a mate, but like if we're going down to the basic animal instincts of it, that's, so it was a really big commentary on those themes. Um, and so, yeah, so I took 25 women. I worked with five different fashion designers at school and turned them all into birds. I had, I did, oh gosh, what is it? The, I made you guys do like a mold of your face, but I did, I made everybody do a face mask so that when I built them a custom beak, it was custom fit to their face, which was then put on with this lovely adhesive called spirit glue. Um, and in many, (laughs) and in many cases, 
flesh-ish tone duct tape and a lot of makeup and a lot of putty, makeup putty and different things. And they were these really beautiful, honestly, like sculptures that we put on your face to make you look like a bird. (laughs) I did some weird things in college. I still really love those images so very much, but it it was a very big production to, to create all of those things it was very big production and it was it was kind of cool though because in in essence working with those five designers gave me a lot of insight onto like I mean everybody got measured everybody got everything was custom fit for everybody which I thought was really cool um and that's something that even now I find really cool in life and and trying to do things within the studio and that's one of the reasons why, and you and I both done this, worked with Magda from mm-hmm. Amber Goddard Designs. And so we also both went to college with Magda. So Magda um, was in costuming in college. Um, if you haven't listened to, I want to say Magda is episode four or five of the podcast I have an entire interview with Magda talking about Amber Goddess and lingerie and custom fitting things but she's she's so wonderful but I, I I truly think I like as I look back at that now I'm like oh look I was already custom fitting things to people because I wanted things to fit correctly what a concept imagine that for every body type and and everything and that was that was a very interesting project I mean I had my youngest model at that for that project was 13 and my oldest was 62. So I had quite, quite an age range. I mean, I would say a lot were in their twenties and thirties because yeah. that's the majority of people that I hung out with in college, obviously. Um, but you know, a pretty diverse age range of women and, and everything just to showcase all of these different aviary (laughs) these different birds and it was it was cool it's definitely that's one of I look back and that's one of my biggest accomplishments in college was that project in general and it's it's funny I don't want to say that I forgot that you modeled for that but I like I can see you in my head in that (laughs) with your big poofy hair and you know I I forgot the shower one until we talked about it And then in 2020, you were one of my brand ambassadors. So you were mm-hmm. one of my my first round of actually bringing on a whole set of women um, as brand ambassadors. And that was such a fun year and such a fun right. just journey in general. It was something I needed, too. It was something I didn't know I need. I, I knew I needed something. I was in a little bit of a rut. Right. And I hadn't been excited about anything in a while. Right. And I was, I remember when you called me or FaceTimed me on the beach in Hawaii. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. I was indeed. I was, Hawaii. I was just so, I was just so excited to be, I think that we've talked about this before. I'm sure we have, but you know, when you are practicing telling women how, you know, cause it, it, it in your group, you know, mm-hmm. on your, on your, in your Facebook group, yep. one of the things we do is we lift each other up. There's like one of the, well, your main rules is like no negative comments. Yeah. Um, be nice. Be nice. And you know, when you're constantly telling someone you look great. Oh my gosh. I love that. Your eyes are amazing. You're, Oh, you look at your curves. Oh, look at your, this it while you're doing that. It, even if you don't mean it, right. It becomes part of your thought process. Right. You start to mean it. Yes. You really start to mean it. It's it's yeah. one of those things that like, I, I have such like hard problems with the statement, fake it till you make it. Because like, 
I don't believe in being fake, but I do okay. believe in like, even if I don't feel like it, or even if I, it, like you said, even if you don't mean it like all the time or like, you know, it, telling somebody who's wearing something bold like that is so cool it might not be something I would wear personally but but when you get in the habit of constantly giving compliments you then start to mean it and it's a really cool thing because you've just essentially retrained your brain to be like that looks fabulous whether you actually think it does or not and it's not fake because at some point you really do believe it and it's well and it's like I didn't think I was going to be your ambassador because on my application, I think there's a something about what would you like to work on maybe? Yep. And I said, you know, I find myself, I'm about, you know, at, at the time, you know, I was like, well, I'm all about body positivity, but I still find myself being judgy about people, what they're wearing. Like, oh, that girl right. is too big or to be wearing that, or she doesn't have a butt for that. You know, I found myself still doing that. And so I was hoping, and this, you know, succeeded, I was hoping that by becoming a brand ambassador and being basically forced into <laughs> like looking at people in a different light, because as right. an ambassador, you're a representative of, of you or yep. whomever you're working for. Yep, exactly. Um, I was hoping that it would kind of change my brain because I know it has for myself because I, can't, I read somewhere, whatever, it, I read somewhere on the internet one day. <laughs> Um, like some point in time. about you know stop with the negative self-talk and you know there there's also the thing where it's like if you can't say you look great to yourself you can still say you woke up today right. you did this you did that like not everything has to be positive it can just right. be a fact that's not negative it can well be, it can, it, that's body neutrality yeah so yes. being neutral about it or or just being like I got out of bed and yeah. you know the the example I give a lot is like I'm really not a fan of my knees and people yeah. think that you know I just inherently love myself and I do but that doesn't mean that I love every part of myself I really don't like my knees but like some days I will look at them and be like you don't look great but you work so yeah. thanks <laughs> and someone with knee problems I, I it's like that's all I need some days is for you to work <laughs> um I remember, I remember reading, it was like, you know, just stop with the negative self-talk because you're, you wouldn't say it to your best friend. So, and I don't really do new year's resolutions. I do goals. Right. And if I make them great. And if I don't great. So, but in 2017 going into 2018, it was one of those years. Hell, I don't know. 2016, 2017. It was one of those years. Cause I remember what theater I was in at Dollywood is why I know (laughs) it's either 16 or 17. My goal was to stop with the negative self-talk, even joking. That's something we don't think about. Cause I would always be like, you know, the self, oh, well, you know, my fat ass knocked that over. You know, it's a joke, but it's still self-deprecating. Absolutely. Instead I would say, oh, I'm, you know, I, I knocked it over. And just like, it's changing that. And it's taken several years for me to finally get to a place. And that's not to say that it's perfect and I'm perfect and I'm happy every single day. Right. Um, Cause I'm a human, Right. but it's taken me a long time that even as my weight fluctuates, because I'm a 37 year old woman who likes beer and pizza. I was going to say, because you like beer and pizza. <laughs> that is, you say, you say it all the time. You're like, you're like, my weight changes a lot because I like beer and pizza. <laughs> and like, and every time you say it, I'm like, I, lo- I love it because like you, you truly are 
like in a spotlight and you are, you know, a, as a performer, you are something, some, somebody that people look at and think she must just love herself and all of this other stuff and have all of this confidence to step on stage and do all of these things. And, and I just, I love that your answer is always like, I like beer and pizza. So I do things because I like beer and pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will not give them up. I do not care. No. Um, but one thing that has helped is, you know, the stopping with the negative self-talk. And again, to get me where I am today, like as far as like how I view myself. Now, that's not to say that there weren't times, especially, you know, being a performer um, at Dollywood, which is such a, I mean, and my show was outside. So like literally anybody could walk by and take pictures right. and I would see those pictures. And, you know, sometimes the costume isn't what you want on your body, but we have no choice. We're basically puppets. Right. And I would see, you know, pictures from a terrible angle and I'd be like, Oh my God, is that what I look like? Right. And then it would send me spiraling. And this is after I made the whole goal of neg no negative self-talk. And I mean, I really, there were days that I would, I mean, I would just cry. Yeah. Because of a picture that someone took, from a terrible angle and while they were walking by, not even right, like, right. Or, or even just, you know, a picture that they thought was good because it's all relative how our bodies are. Like we all see our right. bodies in, in our own light. You know, like I think you and I have talked about, I, I think this is okay to share, but like it was, I think it was after we did the Polaroid shoot mm -hmm. and I was not loving my body that day. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I talked and we were talking about how it's all relative. And you were like, you know, like me, you, Carly, you were like, Kayla, your body type is like my, you know, like, I love that your body type and yeah. my uh, not goal or dream, but you know, perfect body type, I guess, you know, because again, it's yeah. all relative. It is all relative. It really is all relative. It and people think it because your body, you're all about body positivity and celebrating body, even neutrality that, yeah. um, that you have it yourself every single day of every moment, every moment of every day. And you don't. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's even neutrality is hard and that's, it's a constant, like to put me where I am physically with like how I, how I see myself, how I feel about myself, how I have these essentially like conversations with myself, because that is though I did find out statistically, there are people who don't talk to themselves in their own head. And I, I think I don't that's get so that. crazy. Um, I have a couple friends like that and they're like, yeah, no, I don't have an ongoing monologue. And I'm like, how? I hit mine is so loud. <laughs> I think I would be so well rested. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I just, I, I'm so curious as to what their thoughts are because my thoughts are like how I speak, which is in like crazy run on sentences with either way too much grammar or like none at all. And I just, I just can't imagine not having that like inner voice constantly talking to me, I guess. I don't know. Um, but to, to continue that conversation besides that side hiatus, it's taken me, I would say like a solid decade of, of really working on neutrality first. Yeah. Neutrality first. And then being able to move into 
positivity. Those are those are very different things and they're very vast apart in some spaces and very close together in others. Again, back to my knees, like, okay, thank you, you work. I don't have to like you, but you exist on my yeah. body. You work, you carry me, you do things. I dislocated my knee in 2013 and I'm so thankful it still works. It creaks, it pops, it does all of those other things. And I can look at it and I can say, thank you for being there and thank you for working. I might not like you very much, but it's fine. And, and, and then there's the process of it, that neutrality turns into like, which can turn into love by pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, even with those thoughts specifically, um, or words to yourself, or like we were just saying words to others, you know, if we're constantly complimenting others and then picking on ourselves, it's really hard. Like once you are constantly complimenting others, it is very, it becomes harder to pick on yourself because you've said to somebody else, who potentially even looks similar to you or has a similar thing, you look amazing in that. And then you'll put it on and be like, meh. And, and you know, there's so much in there, but it gets easier to say nice things to yourself when you are saying nice things to other people. Truly. Constantly. It's kind of, it's like one of those things where I, I, you know, I try to choose to be in a good mood. Now, granted some days that doesn't work because I'm a 37 year old human and people, I work, I work in the tourism industry. People get on my nerves. If you, I think if that's you, anybody who works in the tourism industry. We yeah. <laughs> it's like thank you for support for letting me pay my mortgage, but also you're getting my nerves. Um, but you know, <laughs> it's just one of those things where, like, if you put happy out in the universe, or if you choose joy, if you choose to say happy things and positive things, then hopefully that will change how you're feeling that day. Right, I, and it can be hard, but when you oh, practice absolutely. it, when you practice it, and you do it whether you're feeling like it or not, it, it truly does change everything. And so, and I recently saw something and this was like, uh, it, like super recently in the last couple of weeks. And it was talking about like, if you're, if you're starting out and you're having a bad day in our brain, because of the way that obviously time works, we segment things into days, weeks, months. We very rarely segment our, our, brains into morning, afternoon, evening. And just because you've had a bad morning doesn't mean that you can't reset for your afternoon and your evening. And so it was talking about like incrementing your time like that. And that's honestly just something that had never crossed my mind. I've had bad days where I've been so frustrated, but like how many of those bad days have I given myself a break and said, let's take 10 minutes and clear our mind or meditate or read a book or do something for myself and give myself a reset and then be able to just take a deep breath and try and move forward and see how my afternoon goes. My afternoon does not have to be a reflection of my morning. And that was like so powerful for me to read. And this is, I mean, (laughs) I do a lot of self-talk, a lot of self-talk and of, you know, complimenting myself. I still tear myself down. I'm not going to say that I don't. There's the voice inside my head sometimes is so rude. She is such a bitch, but like, Mm -hmm. that's me (laughs) being me to me. I do that. But then having to segment all of those things down even more into it can be it. And when you start to look at it, it can be, you can segment it down to minute by minute, just because this past five minutes was bad. Doesn't mean that the five minutes going forward has to be. And, and that was really 
a revelation for me in the way of just making my time increments smaller and being able to move forward past bad ones and move into either more neutral ones or good ones. And, and and that was like, it was really, really cool to read that and see, and even have that revelation for myself of like being able to say these things and do these things. It doesn't have to be a day by day basis because always, I mean, you hear people say tomorrow is a new day. Yes. But next hour is a new hour. Yeah. Well, you also have to um, be willing to let go of the, you know, you're talking about getting out of your comfort zone. Sometimes whenever someone pisses you off or you stubbed your toe or you're running late, it's in your comfort zone to just be miserable the rest of the day. Right. Myself included, you know, you in general, obviously. So it's, you have to be able to step out of your comfort zone to be like, okay, I'm being ridiculous right now because something happened an hour ago that lasted 30 seconds and now I'm still mad. Right. Because we're, we, as I feel like sometimes as a society, we're just so used to reflecting on like the bad things, obviously that we're just like, we want to talk about it all day. Uh And that doesn't Uh help. That doesn't help anything. I mean, I can be like, that guy cut me off in traffic and then flipped me off and that could piss me off all day because it would. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, and that's, let it, you know, it's, it's hard to let it go. It is hard to let it go. And it's very hard to let it go specifically when it's like, if, if it is, you know, you gave the example of like stubbing your toe, then it's like, you can feel it for the rest of the day. And the thing is that comments from others and, or comments from yourself about your body can sting just as bad as that stubbed toe. And you're still feeling it later. And what you need to do is essentially just take a deep breath, reset and be like, you know, was this, was that helpful? Was it true? Was it, does it affect me? How does it affect me? And why am I angry? Am I angry because it was rude? Am I angry because it hurt? Am I angry because, you know, these other things and taking a hard look at those factors and then being able to move forward from there. And those are really, I guess, like important coping tools Yeah. of, and I think the biggest one for me has been like, why does this hurt me? Or, or am I feeling hurt? Because when I'm feeling hurt, that's when I'm going to yell and that's when I'm going to be angry and that's when I'm going to be in a bad mood. So why did this hurt me? And if this person hurt my feelings intentionally or unintentionally, is it a me problem or is it a them problem? And then that takes a larger look at relationships and, yeah. and things well, like that. Well, of the time, it's a them problem. Right. Like someone's going to comment on your appearance, on your outfit or whatever, because of something going on inside of them. Like the people that I work with, especially since, you know, I was your ambassador, like they know not like we, I always say we don't body shame. Yeah. We don't body shame. And like, I've caught people before they'll be talking about something around me and they'll go to comment on someone's body and they'll look at me like, we don't body shame. I'm like, exactly. Right. But okay. Even just saying that. So the ripple effect of, you know, that's, I don't want to be like something you learned from me, but like something, something that we've reinforced over your ambassadorship and different things like that. And, and we, and we've all learned and I've learned and I've grown and I've done everything in, you know, now two years of ambassadors and going into my third ambassador program shortly and things like that of, we don't body shame and we accept all bodies and we do things like this. And I, I repeat it to myself every single day because 
even like you said, there are definitely times I will see somebody when I am out or doing something and I will see somebody wearing something and be like, Ooh, girl. And then my next reaction is, Nope, she can wear whatever the fuck she wants. Yep. Yep. She can do whatever she wants. If she feels happy, I am so happy for her. And it's that going back and it's that checking myself. And that's what you're doing for other people around you because you've said it out loud, which is really good. And I've done that. I've done that as well. And I mean, people are like, well, you're just, you know, very touchy about it. And I'm like, yeah, I fucking am. Don't body shame other people. It's really, it's just that simple. Of all the things, of all the things. Right. You're going to urge to shame someone on, you're going to shame me on like my appearance, but I can be a big old bitch. I can be unnecessarily rude. I could just be an ugly, like not ugly physically, but like I could be an an ugly person personality wise, but y'all going to shame because that's the first thing people do. If if you're in it with somebody and, or if you see two people going at it, the first thing they do is be like, Oh, you, you fat ass bitch, you skinny ass bitch. Like, why is that the first thing you go? Not like you're a man hateful. I don't like, you know. Right. And well, and it's really interesting that you say that because I honestly feel like specifically as women, that's something that has been bred into us is that even going back to the concept of the birds, we have to be these pretty shiny objects and, and society has placed those expectations on us that when somebody tells you you're not pretty and shiny, we feel like we've failed because society has told us that we need to be those things. And, and we've repeated it to ourselves so many times So when somebody says those things, like you said, that's the first thing that people say in a fight. That's the first thing they don't say you're being rude. You're hurting my feelings. They say you're a fucking ugly bitch. Like that's it's it. We insult each other's looks first because we've been taught as women to prioritize them forever. Yeah, forever. And it's so ridiculous to me so ridiculous to me and like I'm I'm honestly though I'm like sitting here trying to think about like the last I mean the last screaming fight I was in was with my mother (laughs) I don't I don't do it very often and it's usually with her um I love you mom (laughs) and I was a brat and I oh no maybe that was the fight before I threw champagne in her face um because she told me I was being a drama queen and I said you want me to be dramatic and I threw champagne at her (laughs) (laughs) not one of my finest moments we apologized we're fine we have we all have them we all have them we all have those moments um but it really is is that it's that society has taught us we should value being pretty. And so therefore by insulting somebody's looks immediately, it cuts deepest to their insecurities because we all have these insecurities, all of us, every single person. If you don't have this certain, whatever, well then I failed as a woman. Yes. Not, not you failed as a person, you, you know, whatever, this person's being irrational. You failed as a woman if you are not pretty and shiny. I can't make my, I can't make my spouse happy because I look this way. Right. I can't, you know, I'm not going to get the job because I look this way. Right. I'm not going to get a husband or a wife because I look this, you know, it's just like. Yes. It's, it's really, really mind blowing. And it's, and and it does. And it starts in that, 
but it starts in that sense of self and sense of self-worth because if somebody I know now if I was to get in a screaming match with somebody and sit and somebody was like well you're a fat bitch I'd be like yeah <laughs> like you can't you can't hurt me now with words that I've reclaimed and words yeah. that I'm comfortable with like and and true and we've we've you know touched on this subject as well that like if somebody thinks the worst thing in the world is being fat that says a lot about them and their character versus like it ha- being fat your weight everything like your physical body and form has absolutely nothing to do with your character and how you mm-hmm. conduct yourself in the world and the and the person that you are and in in insulting looks and body type it's such a low blow because it's just so basic i guess is it's so exhausting it's so exhausting having or you know feeling the need to be a certain way and i mean hell i'm fighting with it every day we all do but like like you said it's words that that you know you're not gonna hurt me with your words like okay fine you think i'm fat all right cool good for you um exactly you know i had a friend in high school I'll call her Lou because this isn't my, I mean, it, it, she was my friend, but you know, I didn't talk to her and be like, Hey, can I talk about you? Right. Um, it's so, her story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was the fat girl who called herself fat before anyone else could. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that, those are, that's her quote. You know, she, she would say that and everybody around me like, Oh my God, you're not fat. You're beautiful. Finally. I mean, even at, at, at even at 16, 17 years old, I got so tired of hearing it. And finally one is like, yes, she is. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it. And she's still beautiful. Like, you know, fat, like, you know, fat and beautiful are not, um, mutually exclusive. Yeah. Like they, <laughs> guess what, everybody, it doesn't matter what, like, I don't understand it. You know, like they thought that literally that by saying that she, her saying she was fat, she was saying she was ugly and that's not what she was saying at all. But again, 100% reflection on themselves. 100%. And it's, and it's hard. And I think, and like you were saying, it, it takes a lot and it takes, I, I mean, I personally know how much work you put in being a brand ambassador for me. Um, being a brand ambassador for me is a lot of work in general. I will say there's a lot of social media components. There's a lot of different things like that, but how much work all of you have put in on yourselves really, because I don't want to say because of my expectations of you and because of my expectations of like, I don't want to say my rules of like, we don't body shame. We don't talk about weight as a physical number. We don't talk about size. We don't talk about those things because we're all on our own journeys. And, and for us to be managing a group, obviously. So at the beginning of 2020, uh, the someplace boudoir and glamour Facebook group was a lot smaller. We were about 3000 members. We're coming up on 10,000 real fast right now at the beginning of 2022. So, so growing a lot in the last two years, um, and, and having people come into the community and not having really anybody understand that concept, um, or not anybody, everybody having people, you know, go and say, well, um, I can I don't want to be like, I can remember certain when people piss me off in the group and I go off. <laughs> what? You? I know. I mean, <laughs> listen, I have a really long fuse. Like I'm an Aries, but I have a really long fuse. So like, to be fair, the times that you've gone off, people were being insane. Absolutely. 
Like, absolutely. Whoa. I mean, saying that, you know, if you eat fast food at all, you're a pig and, you know, you're making those choices and you can never be healthy because more people die because of eating fast food. And I was like, whoa, you, what, whoa. Or wasn't and, there, there was one like on the, the, the plus size yoga instructor and they were oh, like, yep. she'd be happier if she was thinner. And I was like, oh, excuse me. Yeah. And that, and I just, and it, I guess what blows my mind is that every day, every single day, I am sharing images of women with all different body types. And the majority of people in that group are saying, you look amazing. You are so confident. You look beautiful. Look at your smile. Look at what you're wearing. I'm so proud of you, regardless of their body type. And so then to have people come in and be like, oh my God, but you know, if she was thinner, she'd have a happier life. Bull fucking shit. You don't know shit about her life. Girl, she is on the cover of a goddamn magazine. Do you think she cares what you think about her? No. Like I know so many you know, thin people, everybody's like, like, you know, everybody's on their own journey, but I mean, especially being in, in the performing world, Jesus Christ. I was, I was going to say, let's talk, let's talk about the toxicity of, of theater for a second. I would say I have a lot of things to say, but I will say I am lucky. Yes. I never took a contract where I was made to feel fat. Um, and to, you know, cause this is a podcast. I'm not what I feel like society would consider a fat person. No, I'm curvy. You're curvy. And so, so this is, and I will, and I know he won't mind me saying this, Mr. Phil Keeling, (laughs) (laughs) who is, who is one of Kayla and I's very dear friends. The first time that Phil met Kayla, he was like, I'm in love with her. She's Amazonian. And I was like, yes, she is. And I think that's like always like stuck in my brain. Because it, about, I, I'm pretty sure I'm the one who introduced you to Phil. I met him randomly at that um, bar. Shit, I don't remember. He saved me from a very weird altercation at a bar. Okay. You, might have, you might have been there. I might have been. But then it was also the type that I was like, oh, also he's our friend. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe you were there. You know, I don't remember Savannah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, I, the, when Phil described you as like very Amazonian, I, I mean, tall and you're muscular and you're very built and and you you have such a presence about you, Kayla. You walk into a room and everybody takes notice because you command a presence and that isn't necessarily just your body per se. It is a lot of your character. Um, you, you have a big personality. <laughs> <laughs> You have a big personality. You have a big voice. You have, uh, you, you have big things, including long legs and beautiful thighs and all of those (laughs) other things. Um, (laughs) And so, and I think that, so when I think of what society would look at you, they would know, I, I don't necessarily think that you would be classified in the, in the fat category. No, no, but in the performing world. Yes that's a whole other story. Um, right. you know, I, I, now I will, like I was saying, I, I will say, you know, I was luck. I'm lucky that I never was made to feel fat in any of my professional contracts. We'll get to college in a minute. Um, <laughs> but in my, in my professional contracts, I was never made to feel fat. Even I think, you know, uh, 
I was pretty, I, you know, lots of, lots of, uh, I was bloat. I don't know. I had a gut, a little bit of a gut when I went to UPTA in 2016. Um, mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know, it was a, a theater convention for professional performers, actors, whatever you want to call us, um, yep. across the United States. And we go there to get cast by, um, theme parks, regional playhouses, tours, cruise ships, you name it. You know, I, even then I know, I mean, looking back, I'm like, you know, it's that thing. Like, I wish that I was fat when I thought I was fat, Um, but I definitely, you know, I was very, I always know I'm a little bit um, heavier whenever my boobs are bigger and I got cast in really great roles. Right. But guess what? They weren't, they weren't the leading lady. No. Because they're the funny side, best friend. Now there was the one exception to the rule. Well, no. Okay. That's not a good example. So I apologize. <laughs> and that's actually not true. And it's because there was a girl there who was um, curvier than me. Okay. Tiny waist, but curves. They, the way they costumed us was a joke. I had to fight to not be put in a, a dress that made, that was a sack, Ugh. a literal sack. And I, in, in this one, and in this specific show, I was the, um, I was actually the sex pot. <laughs> it was uh, crazy for you and all shook up. I played the, um, the sex pots, but yeah, all, uh, crazy for you. It's like, she's like this rich, you know, flaunts her way, tries to get the man. And of course she doesn't get the man because she's a bitch, but right. Um, <laughs> Live casting, but like you know, the costume designer was like, "This does not," because the the artistic director picked it out, and she was just like, "What are you putting her in?" Right. And she had to fight for them to put me in a dress. Like she was like, "I will alter this dress that looks '90s to make it look '40s," but you know, right. she she's the like she has a body. And how many times that I've heard someone have to tell a costume designer about me? She has a body. Because I have big hips and thighs and I'm tall, you know, and, and I'm, and it's, it's, it's been hard, especially the older I've gotten, I'm surrounded by young, naturally thin women. Like I used to be like, even in, even in college when I had big hips, I was still, you know, what I guess I would consider thin. I don't know. Um, and I, I see them talking about themselves like oh I'm so fat I can't eat that I'm gonna get and I'm like it's like, it's like the scene in Mean Girls when they're all when she first goes over to Regina George's house and they're all standing there and they're like I'm so fat I need to lose five pounds I have terrible nail beds and she's like I have really bad breath in the morning like she just yeah. has no concept of this like culture of like pull yourself apart yeah and I have to tell I, well I had to tell myself for the longest time it's all relative. It's all relative. But like I, I have, they're like, I, I've, I worked with two girls with true eating disorders mm-hmm. and it, and I've, I've reached out to, I think I talked to you about this. There was a girl yeah. that I, I was concerned about on one of my contracts and I've reached out because I'm like, I don't want to see them go down a dangerous path. Right. Um, because, because the performance world places, that visual aesthetic of your body so highly. Yeah. Well, and you know, there are contracts that they weigh you. Yeah. Uh, and when I was, so when I was on cruise ships, I remember talking to one of my friends um, and then talking about 
way in and I've had friends who've worked in theme parks and different things and that they will have weigh-ins every single week yep and it's like I, I don't even own a fucking scale I don't like, either. I can't I cannot imagine having to be weighed for my job and to be fair I don't know if that's to be transparent that's better um okay. I think that it was gain or lose you were penalized but the problem is, well, there's lots of problems. The problem is, okay, so let's say I weigh, let's just say I weigh 200 pounds at the beginning of a contract. Right. You put me in a contract where I'm specific, okay, specifically thinking of theme parks because theme park shows, for those of you who don't know, you're going to be doing four to five shows a day probably. So that are usually very intensive and, and they're very active. A lot of them are outside. So the natural thing that happens with anybody when you put them in the heat and you're active is you're going to lose some weight. It's just going right. to happen whether right. you're trying to or not. Right. So I've always, I've always never understood that. And then also let's be, let's go to women. Hey, guess what? Once a month, I weigh a lot more than I normally do right? because I'm a woman and I have a cycle. Yeah, Absolutely. And some nights I binge on beer and bread again, beer and, <laughs> beer pizza, and pizza, my three favorite things, beer, pizza, and my dogs. Not <laughs> my I guess my husband should be in there, but you know, um, he even comes with the dogs. It's fine. Yeah, he does. He comes with the dogs. <laughs> uh, there's a guy that I work with now at the distillery where I work. Cause now I'm a moonshine slinger. He was a dancer on cruise ships in Vegas and they're really strict about yeah. that. And, and so I'm lucky that I was never made to feel fat on any of my contracts, at least not directly. Right. I was never, you know, there were costumes that were put on my body that I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? There right. were costumes that I would need adjusted and they wouldn't get adjusted because my body wasn't important right. as someone else's. And there were, there were time there was a time that, uh, that my dance partner injured his back doing um, a really shitty lift. Like, you know, any, a, a, any dancer, when I've told them this story, they're like, that's how y'all did the lift. Like, that's not the proper way to do this lift. Right. And he injured his back. And when the dance captain tried to gently talk about it with everybody, not just me, but she was like, you know, let's, let's work this lift. Cause a couple of the guys are having problems. I lost my mind. Because I was like, I know I'm the fattest one here. And, you know, and guess what? Wasn't fat. Didn't matter if I was. It was a poor lift. So it's just like, it's just hard because you're always, you're all, as a performer especially. So not only am I, not now, this is, you know, things that have gone on in my head. But not only am I judging myself by what the, by what society thinks I should be. I'm judging myself by what my casting director, my director, my choreographer, my dance captain, my stage manager, and the rest of my cast and the rest of whatever production I'm doing. Right. So it's a lot. lot It's a lot on a person. And one thing I have learned is to speak up. Cause if you, if you look good, you feel good. That's how, I mean, I really do believe no matter what my size, if I'm wearing clothes that fit me, I'm going to fucking feel fantastic. Absolutely. I, I mean, you know, I'm the biggest, the biggest absolute 
advocate for that because I constantly tell people, I mean, as I'm, as I'm sitting in my closet podcast studio and looking at some things being like, have I worn that? Do I need to wear that again? Do I need this? Does it fit me correctly? Like (laughs) I've been really having this, these thoughts of like decluttering and getting rid of clothes. And if you have clothes that don't fit you correctly, if you're constantly pulling at them, if you're constantly really trying to because by pulling at things and by by picking at things you feel like you're picking at your own skin because it's not good enough in some way well and you know it's it's also that clinging to I'm a size let's say I'm a size 14 but I have these size 10 jeans that just kind of fit well and and sizing is never correct in me right you're clinging to a number yeah and it's but it is, I, I, tr- I agree with you as well. If, if I feel like I look good. So like right now I'm wearing my favorite cowboy boots. I'm wearing my favorite pair of skinny jeans. I'm wearing this top that I really love and it's low cut and fabulous. And when I came home tonight, Pate was like, you look really nice. I was like, yeah, you look right. Um, <laughs> and I'm wearing a, a, I'm wearing a grandpa cardigan over all of it. But I like, love a grandpa cardigan. I love a grandpa cardigan too. But like, and of the things that I'm wearing, two of them came from Stitch Fix. Uh, my jeans are from Good American because they fit me well and they yep, fit. Yep, they're expensive, but they they, they are, are nice. It. And then and then of course cowboy boots, real cowboy boots are expensive. These ones are Reba, but you know. <laughs> Ooh. I've ha- I've had them for like seven years and I'm obsessed with them and I love them. So, but that's the thing is that like when I'm wearing what I wear right, what I'm wearing right now, I feel confident in what I'm wearing. And it makes a huge difference versus if I was in sweatpants and a t-shirt and the way that I conduct myself. If you are feeling like you look like hot shit, no matter what you're wearing, you, then that. It's going to make you feel like that. And it's going to also read like you're going to, it's going to read to an audience or to like, I'm I'm just, that's my experience, but um, you know, and, and, and then you're going back to, like the photo thing, like, you know, we have people who come to shows and they take photos every single time and some angles are great and some aren't, and they post every single picture. Mm-hmm. So like I could be, I'm, I am not a photogenic person when I perform because when I sing, <laughs> you can see my, I know exactly what I, you're going to say. I, I look like a blow up doll. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking like chin to my chest. All of my chins are out because I'm, like, you know, and so it's just, so if I feel uncomfortable on stage because I've got, you know, like, I think at one point before I, like, you know, I was on the beginning of my journey, if you will, right. um, this, this girl just kept talking about how, how bloated and how fat and how this and that, and the other thing that she was and much, much, much thinner than I and finally, I just kind of lost it. And I was like, if you think you're fat, what the fuck do you think I am? Yeah. I've and that's that before. I've had that conversation with people. I had a friend who was like, I hit 200 pounds and I, I'm just disgusting and I've let myself go. And who who can accept their body at this point? And I literally, oh. it, it took it took everything in my self-control to be like, then what do you think of me? Yeah. And then what do you think of me? Because if you think that I weigh under 200 pounds, you are sadly mistaken because my fabulous fucking ass 
weighs well over 40 pounds. Like, and I know that, you know, as we're saying, you know, we don't really discuss numbers and weights and everything like that. I'm not going to tell people what I weigh. I don't know exactly what I weigh, but I know my ass weighs at least 40 pounds. (laughs) And it's big and it's fabulous and it breaks the internet every single fucking time I post a picture of it. And like, my boyfriend loves it. I love it. My, uh, everybody is like, oh, Carly, that booty. Like, it's fine. So who cares? And it definitely goes back to that. It's all relative thing. Absolutely. Especially when you're at the beginning of your, um, your journey with yourself, hearing other people whose bodies you might in your head at that moment in time, that's not to say it's always going to be like that, but hearing other people talk about how disgusting they are and this side of the thing. And you're, you're thinking to yourself, well, that's my, my ideal body. It's hard. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you, then you have to, it's kind of like the same thing we talked about with, you know, someone commenting on a, a someone's outfit, like, Ooh, should she be wearing that? It's it's the same kind of thing of like, this is within me. This yeah. is, I, I'm projecting now, like by being mad at her for saying she's fat, even though she's much, much thinner than I am, I am projecting my anger at something onto her. And that's not fair. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. In those moments, you know, I, I'm, I'm finding, I'm trying to just, to just support. Well, I'm sorry that you feel that way. I'm sorry that you feel like you look fat. It doesn't matter if you look fat or thin. I mean, you're, you know, you're beautiful or, you know, whatever it is that they, that I feel like they need right. to hear. And that's, it's, it's so hard. And I think that there's, there's so many conversations I mean, the fashion industry in one, the, I mean, and like you said, I mean, in performance or even like, you know, you haven't done much film, like you said, but like, if we look at, I mean, just look at Hollywood, look at, look at these TV stars, look at these movie stars who are put under scrutiny constantly. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the, the interviews that it's like the whole Marvel cast and they'll be, be like, Scarlett Johansson, what did you do to lose weight for what this did you role? Eat? You could what, look so did toned. You- and she's like, why don't you ask the fucking boys? Yeah. Well, hell, even on Broadway, you know, Broadway, which is like almost every musical theater kid's dream. I had a friend, actually the same friend who I did the shows with in, in 2016, that I was saying that she was um, curvier than me. So she got like shit upon quite yeah. frankly. I mean, she didn't, she was not treated well there at all. And I, I advocated for her quite a bit. She went to New York like this past weekend and she posted on Facebook today that she went to see several shows and not one single person was plus size, not one. And she did not go see dance heavy shows. Right. Like, y'all, what is the problem? Right. And, and in my brain, I'm like, okay, on Broadway, what matters to me is your voice. Yeah. Nothing yes. else. Nothing else. When I was in college, I was told, and unfortunately this is true, and I wasn't told, my class was told. Right. Three things matter when it comes to being an actor. It's, and these, this is the order of the three, how you look, who you know, talent. And in my experience, that has been 100% true because, and I'm not going to say I wouldn't do the same thing if I was a casting director, because I know when it comes to, if I was casting a show, I would probably be judgy about how someone's headshot looked. So if I don't like your headshot, probably not going to cast you. So, I mean, it absolutely is unfortunately true because I know lots of talented people who aren't what um, you would think of as, um, being, you know, up to society standard of pretty. 
right. or, or, or thin or fit or whatever word you want to use that are fucking fantastic and they get passed over because of their appearance. And that's just, unfortunate. that is, um, that reminds me of, it was a UK based show. Um, and it might've, it's like similar to the voice or American idol or something like that. It might've even been American idol. Do you know who Susan Boyle is? Yeah. Do you remember that video? of this uh, Susan Boyle is a woman and she an older woman and she walked onto the stage for whatever reality show this is and and she walked onto that stage and you could see every single one of the judges look her up and down for what she was wearing and look her up and down for her appearance in general and she had you know not straight teeth and a you know she's an older woman and she wasn't she was dressed well for I'm sure herself and and she was comfortable and confident in what she was wearing and she opened her mouth and like that woman has so many record contracts it's not even oh funny. my gosh amazing amazing and she, yeah she is it's- so phenomenally talented and the first thing that these judges did was it absolute judge her on her appearance and absolutely nothing else yeah and it's just it, it's all that that part's always floored me like i had a professor in college who um so i had gotten lol chunky chunky i had not gotten chunky at all and i had a professor pull me aside and she said kayla kayla you're a leading lady type which of course you know in college in college like oh my god thank you like i'm a leading lady i'm an ingenue yeah yeah also let's be real i'm i'm a character actress because i'm fucking hilarious Um, (laughs) yes you are but she was like you're a leading lady type so you know you need to lose some weight and, and, and she wasn't, and I will stand by this. I don't think she was being cruel. No, I don't think that she was, I think that she was basically trying to tell me just to get ready for those, the, the, the world I was entering. Yeah. And, you know, if I wanted to be cast, I would need to look a certain way. And I was like, oh yeah, no, I know. Um, I'm actually trying to lose like 20 pounds right now. I like choking on myself thinking about that. Um, right. And she was like, no, no, you don't need to lose that much. Like, you know, you just like maybe five or 10 pounds. And I was like, okay. Because again, I don't think that she was trying to be cruel. She was by no means calling me fat. She was just basically telling me if I wanted to get cast as, as, a, leading lady. as a leading lady, which I I mean, I was uh, by appearance. I am, I guess. Not now with my pink hair and tattoos, but. Um. <laughs> Listen, I love your pink hair and your tattoos. I'm obsessed. Um, but yeah, I, you know, then I definitely was by, by, if you just were casting me based on headshot, I would have been. And right. it's just one of those things where I'm like, you know, it's also the same thing with height. I've right. been 5'10 since I was in high school, like, uh, you know, maybe 18, 17, 18. I don't know my last And you have no was. control over that. <laughs> no, but you know, in theater, not so much film because you can um, finagle that, but like in theater, a 5'10 woman means mom. Or older sister. Yeah. I'm like, hey guys, guess what? I'm the leading lady in my life. And I've always been 5'10". <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's, just such a we- it's such a weird concept. And I don't understand where it came from. I'm sure I'm sure I could do some digging, but let's. I'm lazy. Um, and I also don't care that much because... Because you're going to continue to conduct yourself the way you conduct yourself. Exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to do me. And if I get... Which I... I'm taking a little hiatus from the performing world because 
you know, there's a lot of, you don't get a lot of flexibility. Like your schedule is right. rigid and I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, I'm just kind of of the belief, like if, if you want to cast me, Will, and, and like one thing with Dollywood this year, they were great. I, I said, I, I, in the off season, I dyed my hair pink and I was like, Hey, if I get a wig, can I, that you approve of, can I, um, keep my hair pink? And they were like, yeah, that's fine. And they, they got the wig for me. Like they, you know, they paid for them and, um, right. they were like, you'll, you have to maintain it or whatever. But, um, Magda actually helped me with that. She showed me which wig to get and the supplies and all that. So, um, right. that was something that they definitely didn't have to do. He could have been like, nope, gotta go back to your red or whatever color. he right. had chosen And, for and I honestly, I, I won't lie that I was, I was shocked that they let you keep it. Yeah. Because you were like, I'm just doing this for now. It's just going to yeah. be something fun. I know I'm going to have to go back. Off season. And then I loved it so much. I was like, can I keep it, please? Like a little kid with a cat. Right. Right. And it's 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 hard. And I think, and I mean, I honestly, I love your pink hair. I think it's such a, a, a fun expression of you and self and like how how bubbly you really are personality wise and fun and like it really it really fits you really well I think so and too. I I love that I mean I th- that being said I've had colored hair for right <laughs> four years five years now so like I mean my hair my hair's teal so I even I mean I was even talking today about about so I was talking about modeling and how it because uh, I modeled for a little while um, and then specifically in our area, I would get frustrating when I was heavier into the wedding industry that there would be all these styled shoots happening. So a styled shoot in the wedding world is essentially a giant fake wedding that people put on. And it's a absolute best display of the vendors. And having all of this done, then every single time people are choosing these skinny white blonde models. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And that is so, that's not what the wedding industry is. That is not what every bride looks like. That is what's put in magazines. That is what's published on the knot. That is what's published. And you're on ostracizing, wire. you're ostracizing a huge well, chunk of your 90% of the population. Well, it's like what we talked about last year when I was trying to find cat, a boots that fit my calves. I, I still can't find boots that fit my calves. And I'm like, I don't, I will give you my money. I will pay good money. I'll pay a couple hundred dollars for a pair of boots that are going to last me and fit over my damn calves. Yeah. Please fashion industry, take my damn money and make what I fucking need. That's and, and the unfortunate thing about my body type is that like, I'll go on websites and I'm too big for standard size, but not big enough for plus size. <laughs> right. In some areas of my body and then in others, it's like, whatever. Um, But like with boots, everyone's like, oh, go here, go here, go here. And I'm like, but they only like Torrid. Yeah. They're like, oh, go to Torrid. I'm like, okay, but the smallest shoe size they have sometimes and what I was looking for specifically, not, you know, was a size like 10 wide. Right. It's like, just because I'm a bigger girl doesn't mean that I have big feet. Right. It doesn't mean that like, or like I have big hips. It doesn't mean I have a bigger waist or I have small hips. So it's just like, yeah, guess what y'all? There are body types of all sorts of shapes and sizes. And right. if you came to would... them, they're going to give you their damn money. <laughs> exactly. Like we are in a living too. We have money. We would like to yes. spend it. I'm, I'm a this woman in my late thirties. Take my money. <laughs> 
I was so frustrated with just these different photo shoots that were happening and and not anybody including pretty much a plus size body ever period it's so shameful uh, ever and I uh, and I mean let, then let's not even talk about diversity because there was none of that either but I was like at least show a different body type stop using the same three couples over and over and over again and it's driving me insane and then people were like mm, Carly and her you know big ideas and I'm like fuck right off fuck right off and and I was like I'll model. I don't care. And people are like, oh, you're not really the look we're going for. Even being, or they're like, well, you're plus size, but you're not the look we're going for. Because I have fucking blue hair and a shaved head. Yep. Yep. Listen, listen, I still represent a population. Yep. I still represent a population. Do you know how many of my friends have brightly colored hair? I'm fucking here for it. Like you are so excluding people by not by just showing one body type over and over and over again. And it's so incredibly frustrating and it's just, it it really is exclusive in the worst ways possible. And it's also telling brides who don't look like that, that you don't deserve. And you don't belong. And you don't belong. Exactly. Um, I follow this, I don't know, Snapchat story on Snapchat, not to be redundant, but it's called, (laughs) um, uh, it's, it's, plus size brides or it's, it's curvy boutique or something, but it's, um, this wedding boutique in the UK that specializes in gowns for plus size brides. And I, I'm not really an emotional person. Um, you know, I get more emotional about animals more than people, except for when Betty White died. I cried really hard about that. Um, (laughs) but I tear up at almost every episode because it's this woman who's, you know, um, a size 18 size 24 size what the fuck does it matter because we all deserve love and we all deserve to feel happy and comfortable in our and own they, skin and in anything that we wear yeah absolutely yeah. and they they're like well I'll, i won't find a dress that looks good on me because i'm i look this way and of course this wedding boutique specializes in making fat women feel fucking fantastic and, and they should they should and every episode they're like the women get it and they're like i didn't know i could i would be this happy i didn't know i could find a dress that would fit i you know like i don't wear dresses because i can never find them that fit and i'm just like oh my god oh right. my god it's just such an easy fix it's, it's just such, such an, an easy, easy fix. fix it's such an easy fix it's so it's so frustrating <laughs> it's so frustrating how easy it is to fix it and i think and that is i mean coming back to something that we mentioned earlier and talking about Magda and Amber Goddess Designs, like Magda has created lingerie that is custom fucking fit to you. And it does not matter what size you are. And it doesn't matter. Like, I don't want to be like, if your body is proportionate, like I have friends who have huge boobs and tiny little waists and that's just naturally the way that they are built. And the fact that like, even, even in my life like people tell me that they don't think that I weigh as much as I do because I have a smaller chest and my big old fucking booty and and that's not true because like just because my butt is big my boobs aren't big but if my boobs were proportionate quote unquote to my butt then I would look a lot heavier yeah so everybody or that's just like that's I mean the logic point of it is that I'm flatter on top than than I am on the bottom which makes me look smaller because my weight is not up top and 
it's so frustrating in general, but like I can very rarely buy a swimsuit that will fit me on both the top and the bottom. Same. I can a bra and panty set unless they let you choose separate sizes. But if it just says one X, no fucking way is that shit fitting me like at all, at all. And I think that the brilliant thing that Magda has done is make everything custom and make everything even for her, we'll call it generic sizing size inclusive. She goes up to a 15 X. Yeah. I don't know a single other company that even goes past a six. Well, and her, you know, I, I've, I've had a lot of people cause I wear her. Um, I have two bra and penny sets and I have her, um, bodysuit. Yes. I love the bodysuit. Oh my God. I wore it to our Christmas party and got so many compliments, but I wear my, my bra often my, um, specifically the red and black one, because I love it. It's sexy. It um, is sexy. <laughs> but I get so many compliments and then they're like, well, how much is it? And I'll tell them. And they just kind of like, Ugh. but I'm like, okay, think about it. You're getting a custom made brazier and undies. You go to Victoria's secret. You're going to spend that on a bra that only kind of half fits until you wash it on the wrong setting for, True. for half that. True. So, True. Why not support a small business that you know is going to fit you? That you know is going to fit you because it was made for you. Because it was made for your actual measurements. And let's be real. If you got it and something felt wonky, because she's a small business, you could message her and be like, hi, can I, can I get this fixed? Or, you know, um, I might have sent the wrong measure, whatever. Because she's a right. person, you can actually reach out to her and speak to her instead of uh, a corporation. Well, and I, I remember because, so the first set of lingerie that Magda did make was our red and black sets. And that was before she even opened her business. Um, and she made them for our ambassador team. And it was, I mean, just so amazing to, to first of all, to open something and put it on and it was flawless. And we all uh, had way different body types that first year. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just a, such a diverse I want to say we ranged from a size four to an eighteen twenty. Yeah. So like very diverse body types, very diverse body types, and and even this year's group, the the stuff that she made for this year's group, um, I would say we were probably at like a ten twelve to a a twenty twenty two maybe. So so you know I guess technically a smaller range, but still a lot of body yeah. diversity. And when you look at that, that doesn't, I mean, I'm saying those sizes as my brain is going for jeans more than. Right. And you're whatever. also, we're not thinking about like height and, you know, build. Right, absolutely. And those, those all change because everybody, I mean, there are, again, some people just have much bigger boobs or some people have a much smaller chest and a bigger butt like I do, or, you know, different things like this. And so, so the things that she made and she made for us and we all put on and we were like, this is unreal and I remember your first comment being I'm so shocked that you've made something from my measurements that fits me when none of my costumers can no I mean I was I was in college and I've had the same size hips give or take an inch since I was 17 years old right I remember getting measured in high school and the lady making a joke She's like, oh, you've probably got 45 inch hips like I do. And then she measured me and they were like 43 or something. She's like, oh, I was kidding. I mean, I've always had bigger hips, even at right. my thinnest, you know, that's just right. my bone, even at my Your biggest. Bones are there. You have bones. <laughs> my bone. 
And I remember in college, and I'm not, I, I'm going to tell the story and I'm not size shaming. I'm, I'm shaming the costumer for, for assuming she put me in um, a dress. It was like a suit, like a dress suit, like a blazer and a skirt. Right. And she gave me two. She gave me a 14 and a 16. And I was maybe an eight and a 10 then. Right. Maybe, you know what, maybe even a 12, just because, you know, mama did have big, does have big hips. And I, I, I put it on and it just draped over me. And I, at the time we finally had gotten like an assistant costume person and our costumer was not a nice person in college. Uh, yeah. She was sometimes, but not often. And um, I looked at the, the assistant costume person and I was like, can you please help me? Like I was almost in tears because like, this is just hanging on me. And so right. she says, she says, Hey, costumer person um uh, <laughs> this this doesn't fit Kayla this is a size 16 and she costume person looked at me pointed at my hips and goes yeah but the hips I don't care what size you are I don't like I don't care if you're a four I don't care if you're a 24 if you're caught if you're sized wrong because of one thing on your body and, oh, absolutely. and, and not even like sized wrong like oh shit my bad I couldn't tell but like you're automatically judged like I mean it made me feel like it made me feel like a, a piece of shit like it really did and right. I mean that was how many years ago was that like 15 yeah. and I, I well not that long but I still remember that I remember I remember like just being so crushed uh, even in professional contracts I've had um we were getting costumes made from scratch from our measurements and when we put them on our bodies I can't tell you how many times this has happened to me in one specific place where I worked um we put them on our bodies and I, I, Carly, I looked like a damn baked potato. You are not I a looked, potato. <laughs> I looked like a potato. I mean, it was, it was so bad that I laughed. I was like, this is hilarious because I look like a baked potato. <laughs> there were, uh, there was, there were, there was a thin, thinner girl in, in this cast. And she overheard this costumer saying, well, it doesn't matter anyway, because the only people who are going to look good in this costume are A and B. And there were six of us. Oh, God. So you Being got, made from scratch. For they're made bodies. from scratch for our bodies. And I mean, that I'm talking, I'm talking wonky seams. I, it was just awful. And, you know, I, I'm like, size aside, if you want to put on a put put something out there in the world and put your name on it wouldn't you want everyone to look and feel good yeah absolutely absolutely i and and the the experience that you're talking about in college so i had obviously not the same because it wasn't for a show it wasn't for things that i was doing every single day but i was a bridesmaid for a friend very very shortly after college and we went to the boutique and they measured me and they told me that i needed to order a size 20 dress and I was, this was, this would have been senior year of college. So I was significantly smaller than I am now. And I will just say, even at right now, I, I do not wear a size 20. I was like, I mean, okay, I understand my butt's really big and, and what they measured me. And, and, and I will say, and this, this drives me in absolutely insane with the fashion industry as well, that the sizing is also different. A size Especially 20 is really supposed to be like a size 14. Yes. 
Uh, why? Why is bridal sizing different? That blows my mind. That's I could do a whole rant on that, but alas. Um, <laughs> so they told me that I needed to order a size 20 dress. And I was wearing a, it was a sweetheart neckline, essentially a fit and flare. And so the bottom of it, like tied at my waist and then flared out. When I got that dress, I put it on and it fell off of my top half. It slid, the top of the sweetheart neck slid essentially almost down to my butt because it was that big on me. And then I had to take this bridesmaid dress and take that much fabric off of it. And I had to pay extra. Expensive ass tailor. I had to pay extra because it was an extended size in the first place. And they, I probably had four to six inches cut out of that dress. That is not a small amount of fabric on a dress. No. Like most alterations are an inch, a half an inch maybe two inches maybe yeah maybe two inches and two inches is like usually a hemline not a waistline no because at that point just buy some new jeans right exactly whatever it is right so i had between four to six inches taken out of this dress for it to fit the top of me because obviously it fit the bottom of me because it was fitted and then flared And it went well over my butt, like pretty much everything else, which is why the bride had chosen that style for me because she knew I had a big butt and I would be more comfortable in something like that. And I loved that dress, even though it was orange. Um, (laughs) Whole other story. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful fall wedding. I loved it. But at the same time, I was so incredibly frustrated with the boutique for telling me that I needed this larger than me dress because my butt was so big and then to put it on and have it fall off of me. I felt so shameful of my body. And that's, that's honestly, I never want to repeat that feeling. No. And it's, it's really interesting because that is a very different feeling than like grabbing something that should fit you based on a size that you usually wear and it doesn't. It's a very different feeling. It's a very different feeling. Like choosing it for yourself versus, you know, someone else right. being like, oh, well, I had, you know, I, I love a good flowy sweater oh, and yeah. leggings, but I did a show not um, too long ago and it was um, contemporary cost clothes, just like clothes basically. Yes. And they picked um, leggings and big flowy sweaters that's right. not, that's not something you put on stage. No, you know? and that's, I, that's something you wear on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just looked at the director of my show or no, my show manager. And I just looked at him and I was like, please do not make me wear this. Please do not make me wear this. While I also have other people in the room, like, I mean, whatever, if, if you want me to wear it, I'll wear it. But I'm like, right. but you're also going to bitch. The whole time. Also, it's easier for naturally thin people to wear something flowy and bulky. Come, come, honestly, in a similar way. For example, when when shooting boudoir, I highly, highly recommend that people do not wear baby dolls. Yes, they are. Let's not kid ourselves. Very convenient for sex, but like, and they, they're cute. And they're fun, but when you put a baby doll on and it's being photographed, all you see is an excessive amount of fabric. Yes. Yes. 
And that is the same thing with larger sweaters and or anything flowy is that it's like, like, look at a muumuu. I love a good muumuu. I, I love, love a muumuu. But like, you put a muumuu on and you're like, so I look six sizes bigger because this muumuu is like, woo, we got space in here. Like, it is, it is not flattering per se. It might look amazing, but that doesn't mean that it it shows off. And especially on a stage where all you can see is what the light is hitting specifically versus like the way you actually move or the way that you do those things, like on a stage that's perceived in such a different way. And when you have someone who is kind of undermining your um, experience, yeah, because their experience has always been like, oh, put me in whatever, it'll be fine because they're costumed better because of their body type. Right. It's really frustrating because you it's it's really difficult especially in that moment to be able to articulate hey I understand this is your experience but this is my experience and you're undermining it right now yeah 100%. and it's it's and it's it's making it's it's making the problem worse yes because Absolutely. they they are like oh you know Kayla's big and tall let's put her in you know big and tall things big and tall things yeah <sighs> Yes. And this is it, not, you know, I feel like I don't want anyone to think that I am um, shaming naturally thin people at all, no. at all. You know, it's just our experiences are different and have been different. And and this is like, I'm, I'm, and I'm speaking solely from being in a costume shop with various body types. Yeah. Um, for the past, I mean, I've been working professionally for 11 years. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, and I think these are, these are important conversations to have. Like these are, I think that, I mean, obviously because I went to school with you and because I existed even if just a little bit in that theater world and saw so much of the behind the scenes of it. I mean, I, I, side note, I actually costumed a show, (laughs) um, at a local theater. I've been a stage manager. I've done, I've done a lot of things in theater. And I think that it's just so interesting because when, when people turn to art, they don't, um, there's two sides of it in the, they, they look at things, but they don't deeply look at things. But when you, when you look at things that are done so beautifully and let's turn to film for a second, let's talk about the marvelous Miss Maisel. Have you watched it? I have not. My husband. Oh, loves it. Kayla, the costumes, <laughs> but we're talking and I, I watched a whole TikTok like deep dive TikTok onto this thing of a, costume designer who worked on that show and she was saying she was like listen when I tell you that every single thing was tailored for her body we are talking every single piece of clothing that is put on her is custom made to her measurements and if something didn't look right they brought it back to us to modify it by like an eighth to a quarter of an inch because that is how much it makes a difference to make it look good on her and that is that is next level I've had a boss like that. He, he, I mean, he wants you to snatch it up to Jesus because he wants women to have, like, he wants women to have waistlines and, you know, like to feel good and, and like have that also in, in, in the shows that I've specifically done, it's been nice to have that um, support because we're dancing a lot. And so, you know, I don't want to be keeping things in place. Keeping things in place. Anything that's going to hold you in tight in that <laughs> yes. way. It's tight, but not like 
suffocating. I, I still got to breathe the same. Let's talk about sports bras. Come on. Like, that's what we want. Yes. He almost thought he was like, I might have to put you in a sports bra that has like cups because <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently my uh, lady parts were too excitable for some people. <laughs> Sorry, I jiggle. But it's, it's really, it's such an interesting thing. And I, after watching that and it's like, and where, where it's set in the, I want to say it's set in the forties where it's and in that time period of, you know, you did still have clothes custom made for you. Mm-hmm. You still did have these things. You, if you purchased something from a department store, you turned around and you took it to your tailor. Period. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a thing too. Like now I was reading something about like Hollywood when you see people on the red carpet and how they always look fantastic, even in jeans and a t-shirt, things are tailored to them. Right. So we're, again, we're holding ourselves to this standard and it's like, they're doing things like getting things tailored to their bodies. By half an inch. Yes. It's a, it's amazing what a little bit does. Yeah. The way it's going to make a collar lay, the way it's going to make your sleeves sit and not rotate on your arms the way it's gonna make the all of these small small subtle things are so incredibly important in the way that it comes across and actually like shows off your body yeah shows off your body so then let, let's let me ask you my lovely you know interview questions that I have for the podcast um because I I, I want people to know and I want I mean we've kind of touched on these subjects a little bit but so when, when was really like the turning point in, in your life, both personally and I guess like as a performer of that you've started to feel like more confident in, in your body and what was that like catalyst for it? Honestly, I, it really did start um, like I, what I was talking about earlier when I just decided to stop talking negatively about myself. Right. I think it was, oh, maybe it was last year. Maybe it was 2020 or 20, it was 2020. Um, I remember I, not a lot of, a lot of shows got canceled at Dollywood because of COVID. And I, I was lucky enough to be one of the nine performers brought back or mm-hmm. nine or 10, doesn't matter. Handful of performers brought back for the a season. Small little handful. Small little handful. And I mean, hell, we all know 2020, we were just, we were just trying to strive. And that was also when I was your brand ambassador. And I remember, um, I was wearing like a poodle skirt and a little t-shirt, you know, and, um, people were taking pictures and I remember just being like, okay. And whereas before, like in years previous, if someone had taken a picture that was not a flattering angle, I w- it would have, it would have bothered me. So I really do think that it started in whatever year it was into 17 or into 18. It definitely started there. And then was, um, people are going to think you paid me to say this. Um, <laughs> It was reaffirmed in 2020 when I was your brand ambassador that it it's all relative. Right. I did not pay you to say that. <laughs> I did not pay you to say that. <laughs> no, no, you didn't. I mean, but it's true cause not, like thinking about it, I'm like, cause I remember, cause we get, we have this, this particular photographer who just takes photos all the time and, and, sometimes they're not in the most flattering angles and and I doubt he'll ever listen to this but if anyone who knows me does they'll know exactly who I'm talking about but like there are 
pictures that I have, I have cried over. I have seen other people cried over just because of the angles. And then I would say the past three seasons at Dollywood, 2021, 22, I've given zero rat's ass. Right. It's kind of nice, isn't it? <laughs> it's really fucking nice. Now that's again, not to say that I'm not like some days like, ew, you, you've got it. You know, I don't look at right. your body. That's not to say that I don't feel that way sometimes, but I would say the majority of the time I don't. Yeah. Um, so my second question, which <laughs> I feel like I know some of the answer of it. So influences that have helped you with that, uh, books or, or media specifically, or people or mentors or anything along those lines All right. I got as it. resources for people. Okay. Well, I don't read self-help books, <laughs> so I can't help you there if you want to read a book about <laughs> I just don't do it. Um, I've tried and I fall asleep. No, you, you like, you're like me. We like fantasy. <laughs> we like fantasy. Give me that high fantasy. Fucking Mindy Kaling. Yes. I love that bitch. Yes. I love her style. It's unapologetic. It's bold. And she is a curvy woman of color. And just, I love her so much. Yeah. We would be best friends in real life. Mindy, if you hear this, <laughs> call me. Um, I'll, just, I'll just keep sending it to her. Okay. Be like, thank Mindy, you. You One hour, 32 minutes. Kayla. <laughs> um, Bridget Everett. Okay. If you don't know who she is. Please I don't know her. who she is. Oh who is God. Carly, as soon as we get off, I'm sending you a video. Okay. okay. Um, so <laughs> I was introduced to her by my best friend from college, Christine. And um, Christine, actually, we got to go see her in New York in 2018 at Joe's Pub. She's a cabaret performer, comedian, if you will. She's wonderful, but she is like six feet tall. She's broad. She's got huge titties and she never wears a fucking bra. Uh, and she wears, these, she wears these tight, skin tight dresses, these giant heels. And she like, uh, and part of her comedy is, is the fact that she is built like she is. Right. Because she's like, you know, I wanted to have better, my parents want me to have better self-esteem. So they signed me up for swimming and now I've got these broad shoulders. <laughs> she, she comes on stage and she says, um, and I mean, I'm, I'm going to say this, she's probably a solid, like whatever is bigger than double D, triple D. I don't know. E. Uh, D E F G. We sure. Have we, yep. have, we have all of it. So the first thing she does, she comes on stage and she says, um, you may not have heard of me, but I'm going to tell you right now, you won't soon forget me, which I love. Yes. And she's like, first question, Bridget, you wearing a bra? And she'll grab her boob and she'll flop it. She'll go, nope, don't need one. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Okay. Everyone look her up. She is a queen. I love it. Her. I um, those are the first, those are the two that come on. I now can't stop thinking about Bridget Everett. Cause she sings this song about titties and I love it. I'm just going <laughs> to sing a little bit. I'm going to sing a little bit. She's like, you got those little bitty titties, put them in the air, put, and she's like, like she names the titties. She's, you got teacup titties. You got peanut. I mean, she just, <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. um, so those two and they're on totally different spectrums. Cause like Mindy is like, you know, classy and fashionable and, and bold right. and Bridget Everett is brass and loud and unapologetic. Um, so yeah, I really love and the world people. needs both. Honestly. Yeah, truly, truly the world. The world needs so much both. Yeah. I, okay. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I should have been like, I should have just asked you to sing this whole interview. <laughs> <laughs> I love your voice. I won't lie. <laughs> Thank you. 
And then my last question is what advice would you give your younger self? And I say this in the capacity of like your younger self could be yesterday. Your younger self could be last week, last year, or your younger self could be obviously a quite younger version of yourself, college, high school, kid, whatever. I'm so bad at these. (laughs) I really am. Like I, I, I don't think I ever answer this when anyone ever asks like in a group, what advice could you give your younger self? The only answer I ever give, which you know, is watch the student loans, bitch. Um, (laughs) I mean, honestly, I really do think just be present. Yeah. Be present, I think is a good one. It's even a good reminder because shit, I'm like getting choked up thinking about it. And you can wrap this up into your body image. You can wrap this up into your career. You can wrap this up into anything. You know, if we're not present, we're not living to our fullest. And whether, you know, I say living to our fullest and I don't mean like we're going out and we're doing things and we're making the world happen and we're changing things. No, I mean, living to your fullest could be like, I got up today and I spent the day with my dogs and my, you know, but if you're worried about something else, you're not present. And and, and, you're not being being present in a day off with yourself. If all you do is worry, you're not being present. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, maybe that's my answer. I think that's a good answer. I'm going to wake up at three o'clock and be like, shit, I should have said this. (laughs) If you do, you message me and we'll add in a a little addendum to the show notes and be like, Kayla also also says, well, you know, I think it's like this, it's like my, one of my dogs has dementia. And so I'm like literally trying to spend every moment I can to be like, would you like a treat? Oh, I said that too loud. You know, like, (laughs) like trying. And I think it's just one of those things where I'm like, it's making me just be more aware of like the passage of time. The passage of time. Honestly though, like time passing is, it's really interesting. And I mean, what you're saying about your dogs, I think that even when we look at it in that capacity of, I don't want to say they're shorter lifespans than ours, but like, um, obviously my boyfriend and I just got a puppy, right? <laughs> which, and a big thing, and we've been talking about getting a kitten as well. And, and we both have, so I have my cat from college who you've met many times many and taken care of Mr. Ernest, um, who goes by Bo. So Bo just turned 15 last week. And, and Pate has Shelby and she is going to be 11. And both of us, while we're like, okay, yes, we're getting a puppy together. And it's, I mean, it, it really is a big, you know, relationship commitment and all of those things as well. But it is, we're, we're conscious of the, the passing of time because yeah. we have senior animals and, yep. and we are, and, and daily Pate is like, well, I need to do things that make Shelby know that she's not being replaced, that she feels special, that she feels, you know, different things like this. And and we're very, try we try to be conscious every day of being, being present for them. And even if it's just for your animals, like it's yeah. still, that's still valid. You know, one of my goals for 20, it's funny. Cause I didn't even think about it when I said it. But I had, I write them down on my phone. One of my goals for 2021 was to be more present. Right. Because I find myself on my phone, on my fucking phone, Steven and Steven does it too. And I'm always like, we need to, we need to be better about it. We need to be better about it. It's so hard. And I, you know, it makes me want to unplug from social media because I find I'm just like mindlessly scrolling. And you know what? That's not, that's not being present. Now, sometimes I do need to disassociate because 
life can suck sometimes and that's fine. Oregon trail really got me through some times this year. Like it's like great British bake off got me through 2020. Oregon trail got me through 2021. (laughs) We just just rewatched all of great British bake off. I love it so much. Highly entertaining by the way, because Pate went to culinary school. He's a chef. Um, And, and his dad's his dad is a pastry chef. So it is like, like there was an episode and they were making caramel and they weren't using sugar thermometers and he was yelling at the TV. And I was like, this is the best moment ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, like watching I a with a senior. by myself and been like, this looks hard. And instead I will forever <laughs> be like, but why weren't they using a sugar thermometer? Because Pete was screaming at them. <laughs> and I was like, babe, they can't hear you. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're like, do I need to go get a sugar thermometer? <laughs> exactly exactly but i i love i love that be present i really do because i think that i mean if i look back and i mean just so many of my memories my best memories are when i wasn't when i was being present when i wasn't truly worried about anything or and and truly worried about anything in the capacity of i felt comfortable and confident with the people i was with having an amazing time when I, I look back on my college years as as probably the happiest years of my life, I mean, not that I'm not happy now, I'm very happy with my life, but for the most part, <clears throat> but, um, and I, I, I think about that sometimes. And of course it's like the whole nostalgia college formative years, blah, 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 blah. But I do think part of the reason is, is because smartphones <laughs> didn't exist. <laughs> no, they didn't really exist. Really I knew one person with an iPhone and like, you certainly didn't get on Facebook on your phone. No. So you weren't, your head wasn't in your phone. And you know, it's just one of those things like my husband and I are, cause we love beer. That's probably our biggest passion, beer and animals. But like we um, have a beer app that we both get on and we like check these beers in and we like to compare like, Oh, Hey, look back what badge we got. You know, it's just, it's like social media for beer lovers. I, I also have untapped. No, yes, you way. do. Yes, you do. Because Peyton um, made me get it because he also really likes beer. <laughs> um, but then I find I'll get on it to like untap my beer when we go out. And then I'll, I'm like, Oh, Oh, I have a notification. Cause I also hate notifications. So I'm like, excuse me. I'm like, well, I have to check that notification, which right. leads. It's like a, um, an endless, you know, uh, cycle. You, you're like, well, let me, and then then you start browsing, and then you're like, oh shit, I'm sitting in front of my husband, or I'm sitting in front of my friends, being completely right. unsocial. So, that, I, and I agree. I think I try extremely hard. One, if I have to be on my phone when I'm like sitting down with a friend or something, I will usually. I don't want to say apologize, but say, I'm so sorry. Let me please respond to this one text message really quick. And then I'll put my phone away. I'm very conscious of, of being there with my phone and doing this stuff, especially because again, running a group of 10,000 women requires a lot of attention. So it's something that I do, but I have to disconnect. That's why I have brand ambassadors. That's why I move forward and, and set up all these systems in my life so that when I'm with my friends or when I'm out somewhere or when I'm doing something, I can be present and not checking in on work and checking in on my phone and checking in on socials because they exist and they're great. But it's, I mean, even this having, sitting down and having a conversation, you're one of my good friends. And for us to be able to sit and have this conversation, you know, granted that others are going to listen to, 
and about a very specific topic, but, but this is how you and I converse on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. And so, and the first thing that I said to you before we started recording was let me put my phone on do not disturb. Mm-hmm. And, and I really think that I need to be more conscious of doing that, even in the capacity of like doing it when I'm, I'm doing something to sit down and have a conversation with one of my friends. It's a good thing. And it's a good thing to disconnect and, and have a little bit more space from those things and be present in what you're doing. Though I was thinking about it and I'll, I'll, I'll I'll end this on our note. Um, it was just about a year ago that I was with you in Tennessee shooting destination sessions. I was in Knoxville and I got my Apple watch because your husband is the one who told me my Apple watch and I'm a freaking addict now. And I want to say it like helps and doesn't help at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the type of thing that when I'm in a situation where I am present with other people, I can quickly take a glance at it. And see if, it, being, if, if you're needed. And seeing if I'm needed or if it's just a notification. Which, you know, let's be real for me. It's mostly just a notification. <laughs> exactly. Same. If it's a text of somebody asking me some question that I can answer later, I'm not going to answer it right now. Yeah. If it's something time sensitive, I would say, excuse me for one moment while I deal with this. But I think that that connection to technology and even in the capacity of having a watch versus looking at your phone. I mean, it's the same thing now, but it's 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 still different in my brain. Yeah. Because I'm not going to just stare at my watch. No, <laughs> no, I'm not talking to it. Like I'm from the future and respond to a text, but I'm, that's going to be over in like 30 seconds. Exactly. And then I'm going to go back to what I was doing and be present. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Kayla, thank you so much. Thank you, Carly. Thank you so much. Uh, this yeah. might, this might be one of our, my like longest conversations I've had and I'm not mad because we've just talked about so many good things. Yeah. Well, I hope that, uh, you know, I didn't go off on too many tangents or piss anybody off, but no, no, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking about our experiences and going forward from there. So yeah. it is, you know, we're, we're all learning. We're all growing. We're all moving forward. We're all, we're all human. We all have, you know, we're all human. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the, like, that's all you can say. Cause it's, I mean, it is, it's true. It's true. It's true. We all have flaws and we all move forward and we all learn and grow. And I really think that the conversations that you've, you and I have had, uh, today really kind of reflect a lot of even just quote unquote, those flaws in ourselves of, of being judgmental or having those things that we say and we think and how we've learned how to correct ourselves. I think that's the overarching theme of what we've talked about today. And I, I think it's so important that, that people know that it's possible to, to change those thought processes. Yeah. And you might think, not think it is, but I promise you it is. I promise you it is. <laughs> All right, Kayla, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Carly. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening to Someplace for Everybody. If you love this episode, would you mind leaving me a review in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the show? If you're looking for a community to love on you and support you in your self-love journey, come join our all-gender Facebook group, Someplace for Everybody, which can be found in the show notes at someplaceforeverybody.com. Until we meet again, be kind to yourself.